Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 332nd episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. And we're broadcasting in this eighth year across the world from the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. Looking up the harbour, it's beautiful, the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. It's a bit overcast today, but it's a fantastic view. Last week was very exciting in Los Angeles. Flew out of LA yesterday. And, uh, of course, we had the Academy Awards, which was fantastic. The whole city just buzzed. And uh, there were some great parties, and it was a good time had by all. Congratulations to all the winners. And last weekend, I was up in Silicon Valley visiting my son, who's a Googler. And I had a good opportunity to uh, look around the campus. Wow, it is unbelievable. The first observation is that everybody seems to be in their 20s. They are the youngest group of employees I've ever seen. They're unbelievably dedicated, and the working environment is fabulous. They take real pride in being Googlers. And each of the working spaces is customised by the person in, who works in it. You'll have a, an area that's got palm trees and umbrellas and um, wooden parakeets and all sorts of things. And and every, every employee can um, dress up their space in whatever turns them on. Employees can bring their dogs to work, so the dogs run around. There, there are play areas for the dogs. There are treat jars. There's restaurants and coffee shops everywhere, and the food's all free, and the coffee's all free. There's music rooms and games rooms and yoga rooms and massage chairs and more and more. It's a fantastic working environment, and it's... Uh, no wonder the Googlers are so dedicated. And up in San Francisco, almost one worker in 10 works for Google, and that's pretty impressive to say the least. So, you know, when I think back to my day when we all had our office and there were sterile environments and you wore a collar and tie and it was all very boring, now the environments in which these kids work is fantastic. Now, I frequently criticised Uber on this program um, and uh, I've told everybody that I've switched across to Lyft so we use Lyft now but I give credit where credit's due and Uber's initiative to offer patients in every US market a ride to the next medical appointment I think that's fantastic and Uber Health will handle rides set up by a doctor's office or other healthcare providers and then they bill that business not the patient for the service Patients won't need access to a smartphone to use their advice, the advice, the service, so it's really very easy. And more than 100 healthcare providers have signed up, including hospitals, clinics, and physical therapy centres. And government estimates are that there are more than 3 million people who choose not to have medical care due to transportation problems. So Uber will bill care providers who sign up for the service monthly based on their usage. You know, I guess that some 
may pass the cost on to their customers, but most of the providers that have worked with so far pay for the rides out of their operating budget. Now, Lyft also offers a similar service called Concierge, which allows healthcare providers to set up rides for patients to get to appointments. And again, the providers pay for the rides. And Lyft also has patient transport partnerships with larger healthcare providers. So healthcare insurers of others, you know, they've, they've long recognised that a lot of patients, especially those with low incomes, need help to get to their medical appointments. So that's fantastic, a fantastic initiative by Uber and by Lyft, which should help make the American system better. I must admit, I originally came from Australia, where I'm broadcasting from today, where we have um, government health care and uh, all health care is provided at no cost and read and hear stories all the time over in Australia about how bad the American system is. But I must admit, my experience with the American system is pretty good. I, uh, I think the American health care system needs, could be improved in a lot of ways, but it's pretty good. There's been a huge growth in the freelance workforce and it's accelerating and outpacing overall US workforce by three times since 2014 and it's 36% now and it's projected to be more than 50% of the workforce in the very near future. So 50% of all workers in America will be freelance workers and uh, you know we think immediately of things like Uber and Lyft, but it's happening right across the board. And work's changing very rapidly. We've talked on this program about this a lot of times due to the impacts of automation and freelancers are better equipped for the future because they're frequently reskilling because they realise that um, they have to keep up with the changes in, in what's required in the workforce. Now, we're in the fourth industrial revolution, which is a period of rapid change in work, and it's driven by increasing automation and IR and IA, I mean, and uh, all the other things that were happening. And freelancers will play more of a key role than I think any of us realise. 63% of people are freelancing by choice. So it's not because they've been laid off or... Um, haven't been able to find a job, it's because they think it's a, a better option. Freelancers think that having a diversified portfolio of clients is more secure than having one employer. And 63% of people think that um, that's true. And most And freelancers have an average of four and a half clients per month. Now, this is all happening because 54% of the US workforce is not confident that their job is likely to exist in the near future. And double the number of freelancers are aware of automation's potential impact than the workforce in general. So twice as many people that are freelancers think that uh, or are aware of the changes that are taking place in the workforce. And it's amazing how many people in traditional jobs really have no clue about what is happening overall in the workforce. 
almost twice as many freelancers have participated in skills-related education in the past six months compared to traditional workers. So people that are freelancers are really keeping up with the time. And almost half of working millennials, 47%, freelance, with more full-time freelancers, 29%, and they're finding more work online rather than the traditional methods. 71% say the amount of work they obtained online increased this year. And I must admit, I've, I've worked for bosses and I've freelanced and freelancing a hell of a lot better. And the top drivers motivating people to start freelancing are, firstly, the desire to be your own boss, work your own hours, not take orders from people, and choose when they work and where they work, choose their own projects, and in generally, in general I mean, to earn more money. You also have some taxation advantages with, um, depending on how you structure yourself, so there are a lot of advantages to being a freelancer. And lucrative freelance opportunities include freelancing in traditional desk jobs like writing and design and marketing work and finance, human resources, IT and programming, as well as engineering and legal work. And um, they're all freelancing now. And I think most people, when they think of freelancing, instantly think of the people who are working for the ride-sharing companies. But that isn't true. It's right across the board. And freelancers in the US make $31 an hour, which uh, is 17% more than the typical full-time worker. So they're well paid. Globally, the average freelancer is only paid $19. And more, more than half of the 21,000 freelancers that were polled charge under $15 an hour for their work. I don't know why they do that. It's amazing how many people are afraid to charge for their services. I know I, you know, you get you get the odd knockback, but it it makes it worthwhile when you when you get the job. I know when I quote, um, people say to me, "God, that's so bloody expensive." Yeah, but I'm worth it. <laughs> but and a lot of people tell me to get nicked, but uh, a lot of people don't. So freelancing is a growing part of how the American worker works and it cuts across industry type ages and education level. And the trend is to more and more freelancing. Do you get my 30-second read daily business newsletter? For those of you who don't know or may not have heard me talk about this before, every day I put out a 30-second read newsletter on some aspect of business. I talk about advances in medicine, new apps, talk about new technology to subjects like Hyperloop, autonomous cars. We do a lot of, have a lot of discussion about blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies and it's absolutely free and it, the information is invaluable. So every day it's, it's hard hitting, straight to the point and you really should subscribe to it. We do not under any circumstances sell our mailing list or give our mailing list to anybody under any circumstances anywhere. So if you'd like to get my newsletter, go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enroll. Now, for decades, baby boomers have essentially controlled the stock market. They get to ride the biggest wave of economic growth that the US has ever seen, never seen and uh, 
They entered the workforce while the rest of the world was still recovering from the devastation of World War II. And uh, now the new generation, the millennial generation, has inherited more money than any generation before them. And uh, the traditional, the oldest oldest. Um, Americans and the older people around the world invested in companies that promised to grow their investment and put their needs as shareholders above all others, and they did pretty well. Now the baby boomers are getting ready to pass more than $30 trillion to their children, and that's as much money as the GDP of the US and China combined. So the millennials will get this $30 trillion, and... Um, most people, a lot of people think that um, millennials only invest in Snapchat, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, and with headline grabbing uh, investments like the 2000% run that Bitcoin went on last year and the 6000% run we saw from Ethereum, you may think that, but you couldn't be more wrong. Um, their investments are shifting towards companies that do two very important things provide transparency into their operations and business segments and take care of all stakeholders involved in their business, from shareholders all the way to employees and everybody in between. Millennials are looking for companies like Costco who really look after their employees and the environment and a lot of volunteer days that treat employees with dignity. They want to invest in companies that maximise shareholder value, but they don't want ones that do it at the expense of others. Socially responsible businesses will start to become more and more important and collect more and more of this $30 trillion that's being passed down. So millennials are going to control the stock market for the next 30 to 40 years, and the company that they support will be the ones delivering 20% to 30% annual growth and that's something that we all should be excited about. After the break, my guest today, Mark Cohen, is a great guy. He founded and sold five of his companies to publicly traded entities. Now, in an environment where over 95% of entrepreneurs fail, founding and selling five different startups for a hell of a lot of money, well, that's a bloody extraordinary effort. Mark's a smart boy. He's now co-founder and CEO of Wrinkle. And I'll be back with Mark after this short break on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, broadcasting from my studio on the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. 
Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Radio Show. You know, over the last six years, we've given you the insights into the lives of somewhere around 400 of the world's most interesting and controversial business people. We've uh, talked about what they do, what's made them, them successful, and we've tried to get behind that a bit and see what it is that makes them tick. You know, 95% of all new businesses fail, and so the 5% that succeed are pretty special people. And uh, that's why every week on this show, I urge you to um, surround yourself with mentors and, and read uh, biographies of successful people and read the trades in your particular industry because that's they're the keys to not failing. And everybody in the in business faces the same challenge. Everyone has a dream, but they have to persevere and overcome obstacles. And uh, the fact that 95% of businesses fail is testament to the fact that taking a great business idea or your new invention to the market is extremely difficult. Now, Mark Cohen has founded and sold five of his companies to publicly traded entities. That's an extraordinary effort. And these include Teleperformance Interactive, Campus Direct, VoiceFX Corporation, Advanced Voice Systems, and in an environment where over 95% of entrepreneurs fail, founding and selling five different startups for a hell of a lot of money, that's, that's a pretty extraordinary feat. Now, Mark's now, now co-founder and CEO of Wrinkle. I love that name, W-R-I-N-K-L. And Wrinkle's cloud-based communication software, it combines an easy-to-use group chat interface with a suite of native messaging tools that are designed to get work done and create a system of record. And these are critical factors today. Wrinkle provides businesses with messaging solutions that reduce clutter, good thing, distills what's important and supplies the tools to act on it, all without leaving the conversation. So, Mark... Thank you very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and on Voice America Business. You're being heard all around the world. Well, thank you for having me. So what's the key to your success? Five startups, five successful sales to big companies at a time when nine out of ten startups fail. What do you do that a majority of other entrepreneurs do? And what's the key thing about your personality that makes you different than nine and a half out of every 10 other entrepreneurs. You can tell me you're brilliant. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not it. Um, I, you know, I, I would definitely say, um, you know, uh, survival is a big part of ultimately succeeding. Um, so many companies, uh, fail just because they've run out of money. Um, or they, uh, they just, they just can't hang in there long enough. 
Um, so I, I think that, you know, managing your costs, um, you know, staying focused and, uh, you know, surviving is a big part of it. Um, I, I also think that, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I, starting a company and, and ultimately selling it um, is unbelievably hard. Uh, it's just unbelievably hard. It takes, Absolutely. it just takes everything um, to, to do it. And um, I don't think that if you're trying to make money, that's enough. I don't, I don't know that I would ever sacrifice what I've sacrificed uh, just to make money. It's just, it's just too hard. Um, so I think there's a big difference between um, wanting something and needing it. And I think for me, for whatever reason, my makeup, um, you know, just, you know, when I get one of these ideas and I want to build a company, um, it's, it's more important to me than just wanting it. It's, it's, it's just, it's a need to have as opposed to a want to have. So I think that's, you know, I think that's really uh, fundamental for me anyway. Other, other people, I've met a lot of successful people and uh, other people seem to uh, do it in different ways. But for me, um, and also you've got to be passionate. You've got to love it. So I I just love, I love startups and I just, I just love the challenges. I love how hard it is. And, and I, I, you know, I just like to build things with great people. And uh, so I think that answers your question. I think you hit the nail on the head there. One of the, you know, I've worked with a lot of startups and I found that um, many startups fail because the entrepreneur has a great idea and he understands that part of business really well. He can build the widget or whatever he's doing um, perfectly and better than anybody else. But when it comes to running a business and having to be the HR person and the accountant person and the sales manager and all of the other things that are that um, and are required for a successful business, most startups can't afford to hire all those people and therefore, while the product might be great, they still fail. How have you addressed that? I mean, now you've probably developed enough money to be able to employ those people straight off. But in your first startup, how did you address the fact that you've got to be a jack of all trades? Yeah. Um, well, I, I also think even in later startups, there's a discipline, um, you know, and, and, you know, just because you can raise a lot of money, I think sometimes that's the worst thing. In my second company, uh, the people that bought my first company um, also invested early on in my second company before we had a fully, you know, uh, thought through business. So sometimes having the money is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, not having a lot of money and staying disciplined is, is really, really uh, useful. Um, it really makes you, uh, work hard, think hard. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so, so I, I don't, I think having too much money to start actually could be a bad thing because you you don't have the discipline and the focus. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you wear, you wear a lot of hats. Um, you, 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 uh, I love when, when I interview people and, uh, if at some point during the interview, I hear them talking about how they figure things out, Yep. Uh, I, I think that's one of the most valuable things, uh, capabilities or abilities of somebody. Uh, people that can figure things out are the people that you want to work with. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think we we you know we all still wear a lot of hats. We do what's necessary. 
uh, whatever you're worst at is the most important thing. It always turns out. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you've, you've just got to get strong where you're weak and just keep pushing forward. And uh, no, but to this day, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, in this, in Wrinkle, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of learning about UX design. Uh, we work with, uh, we did a lot of outsourcing in the beginning to uh, UX designers. Um, and uh, as a typical startup, you know, nothing, nothing gets done quickly enough. So, you know, uh, where I, I had to learn Sketch, um, which is a fantastic design program, and it just sped things up tremendously. And even though I might still have a professional polish it off, I'm able to get a lot of my concepts down much more quickly and more cost-effectively uh, by learning how to do it myself. And my partner, Eric Katz, uh, is a phenomenal, brilliant guy. Um, he's the same uh, in, in that he, he's had to learn things that were not necessarily in his background. He had 17 years uh, in M&A at Blackstone Group, and uh, he had to learn uh, a whole lot of new things as well. So, right. uh, I, I, yep. If I if I sat down with a hundred entrepreneurs, the first thing they'd say is, "It's nearly fucking impossible to raise money." How did how did you go about raising money for your first venture? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a pretty funny story. Um, my, my brother Jeff and I, since we were kids, we sold pretzels. We're from Philly and we sold pretzels on the street. <laughs> and um, so I, when I was 18 years old and uh, started uh, Advanced Voice Systems, we were one of the first voicemail companies in the country, and we ultimately sold to MCI about five years later. Um, but I was the president of a, of a telecom company, uh, during the weekend, on the weekends, I was selling pretzels because uh, that's where I was making my money, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Um, but but you know, it took me a year and a half to raise one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I skipped college. I was getting ready to go to college, and I withdrew, uh, you know, about the day before uh, to pursue pursue advanced voice systems, the dream. Yep. And uh, you know, basically, uh, it was. Uh, friends and friends of friends. It might be, you know, we had a couple people that invested $30,000, which was huge. Um, you know, um, I had to borrow money and my dad, my dad and I uh, borrowed money from my uncle uh, to, to put in our penny stare shares, $5,000 yeah. uh, to, to buy some shares. And um, it, it's just it's, uh, very difficult. Uh, we did a lot of presentations to venture capitalists that didn't really go anywhere. Um, uh, but you, you just, uh, I guess you just meet with people. Uh, they believe in your dream. They believe in you. Um, and you just, you just keep, keep talking. Again, moving forward. But <laughs> okay. yeah. Before we get on a more detailed discussion about Wrinkle, um, I think the other two things that um, people would say, uh, entrepreneurs would say is, you know, I didn't really set up the company right in the first place. I didn't protect myself with my patents and and copyright or whatever it is. I didn't do that very well. Um, and the accounting was a mess. I mingled all my personal stuff with my business stuff. Did you – how did there – are, there are a number of accountants and lawyers that will work with a startup um, – on either a reduced fee or, in many cases, without a fee until the company gets going. How did you address the legal and accounting sides of your initial business? Yeah, so um, the very first company, um, my, my dad was an attorney, but he wasn't practicing at the time. He was a trust officer at a, at a bank uh, locally. 
um, he, 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 I guess from that background, um, he knew some lawyers. Uh, we ended up going with uh, a lawyer, Tom Thomas, out of uh, Saul Ewing in Philly. Um, and uh, they, they were willing to uh, work with us. And they were a very um, prestigious firm in Philly. So I think we, from the beginning, wanted to do that right. And since I was so young, I think that was even more important to me to have the right team and the right people around me. And, and we actually ended up using Arthur Anderson as well. Yeah. And uh, so between Arthur Anderson and Saul Ewing, um, it really helped establish some credibility for a kid uh, at the time. Uh, not as important now, um, you know, with a successful sure. track record, certain things get a lot easier. Yeah. Well, for, for those of you listening, I've um, over the past couple of months, I've interviewed both accountants and attorneys talking about this very same thing. And now Mark's just reinforcing that when you start up your company and you, I know you're short of money and you get that legal advice and get that accounting advice because it can save you one hell of a lot of grief a little bit down the line. Okay, so let's talk about Wrinkle. How does Wrinkle enable users to be more productive? First of all, who are the primary users of Wrinkle and how does it help them to become more productive? Sure. Um, you know, Wrinkle is a group messaging application um, and uh, we're, we're really focused on um, you know, solving problems. So right. we're not, we're not trying to, you know, we're not just IRC internet relay chat. We're sure, not sure. a lot of companies out there basically just painted IRC a different color. They differentiated and we really have uh, tried to innovate. Um, so we do have patents. You were just talking about IP and protecting IP. We think that's really important. And, uh, so we've got, you know, a number of patents and, um, our, our, our users are, are, uh, small, medium-sized businesses mostly, right. and we and and they use us in a, in a number of different ways. So um, that's a I guess I could I could get into more specifics about how how they uh, you know different use cases whether it's a healthcare company or or a dental society um, or you know just general businesses. But it really we really listen to what they're trying to achieve um, with uh, with with messaging and one one of the things. Um, about group messaging um, is, you know, we're, we're designing our tools um, with the goal of keeping conversations in a single channel. Yes. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of messaging applications, you're jumping all around from channel to channel, even from app to app. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that we think is important to productivity is that people are able to come to a, an application and stay there. So you've got the, connect, the context, the chronology, um, and, and there's a flow to it. Um, and, and we don't accept certain established group messaging givens, uh, such as clutter, triviality, and perishability. Right. Um, and and uh, the, the, these are things that, you know, we hear uh, over and over again that people just seem to think that's inherent to group messaging and they accept it without any question. And, and we've, for us, I mean, it, group messaging would be worthless uh, the, way, the way it's, you know, generically provided. Yeah. Uh, so we fix yeah. those things from the inside out. Okay. Um, what are the deficiencies of email and group chat now? So I, I would say, um, you know, email is very formal, it's slow, and it's inherently unorganized. Um, and group messaging uh, I, I, is very noisy, it's very perishable, and it's very trivial. Right. So those, those are, you know, yeah, I would say those are deficiencies of email group chat um, 
currently. Um, not wrinkle. We, we address those things, but I, I would say that anybody who uses group messaging or email currently is going to probably nod their head and agree with those kind of uh, inherent limitations or deficiencies. So how do you how do you differ from other group messaging platforms? Um, and there's, there's quite a few of them around, and um, a lot of them are big. How do you, what gives yeah. what's your um, what's your primary advantage over most of the others that are out there? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that our primary advantage is just, you know, where we've come from, how we've looked at this. Um, we, didn't, we didn't start by saying, hey, let's improve group, voice, um, group messaging. Uh, we, we really started by, you know, trying to address, um, you know, uh, distributed workforces. That was right. uh, my partner and my original idea was trying to address the fact that more and more workforces are distributed and they're losing transparency and there's issues of recognition and engagement and culture continuity. Um, and so that's where we started and we kind of happened upon group messaging as a platform upon which we could deliver our ideas. So when we looked at some of the early group messaging platforms, which haven't really evolved at all since then, um, we said, you know, we just wouldn't use that. That's ridiculous. Um, they didn't get, a, they didn't move the ball down the field. Uh, they moved the ball. It was just sideline to sideline. So when we looked at it, we said, look, if I'm in a group of people and uh, I want to have a uh, conversation with just one of the people in the group, uh, I should be able to do that without switching channels. So, for example, if you're in any one of our competitors, any of them, and you want have 30 people in your group, your team, your marketing team. Um, or say you're in your HR channel and yep. you've got, you know, 40 people sure. and you want to ask everybody in the HR channel, the head of HR says, Hey, can, can everybody please send me your social security number or your anything private, your home right. address. Okay. You would never do that. You would never do that in any application. At best, you would say, would you please send me a direct message with right. your home address or your social security number? And now, as the, as the head of HR, I've got to go to 40 different channels to look for each person who sent me um, their, their address. I mean, it's ridiculous. You, yeah, you, that, it's ridiculous. And talk about a lawsuit. Yep. So, so in Wrinkle, we have something called sidebars. You can easily send one-to-one messages within a group. We also have something that's patented uh, called references. We're really excited about it. About 25% of all of our messages um, use this feature. Um, and... Um, what it is is say you get back from lunch and uh, you have 12 messages in, in your sales channel. Yes. And uh, the, sec- this, the second message uh, is the one you want to respond to. And then there's 10 after it. You read all those. But now, you know, you just got back from lunch. You want to write your response to that second message. So you start typing. How do you let everybody in that channel who's about to see your post know what message of those 12 you're responding to? Okay. And the answer to that. The, the answer to that is you have to type some for, form of reference uh, about that message you're replying to. You have to do something so that people don't get lost. And we, we have a very simple solution. In, in Wrinkle, you simply click on the message you're responding to, yep. and it inserts, a little, it, it inserts this little what we call reference object into the message you're typing. It's this little pill. It includes the username of the, per, of the message that you're referring to and includes the time. So that's inserted in this little pill, and then I type, I agree, for example, right. or this is a great idea, um, or what time, anything, just simple. I, you know, I clicked, wrote two words, I post it. Now, yeah. anybody that sees that post in the stream 
knows by just hovering over that little pill what message I'm referring to because it'll pop right there. And what's amazing is how many people insert a reference object even referring to the message right above, the very last message. So uh, it, just makes, it just makes the organization and use so much easier. And that is a, uh, that, that, that's just an amazing feature that people just love. Um, so your question is, how do we differ from other platforms? I gave you two examples. I can give you. I won't get into them now unless you ask me to. But we have something called bundles, which addresses perishability. Um, it's the ability to archive messages. Um, we've got advanced channel settings uh, that allow uh, people to define their channels on a case-by-case basis, and that all gets back to our premise of how do you need to use it. So you can have anonymous channels and read-only channels, and only allow you know broadcast to all channels, but it, and don't let anyone to broadcast in that channel, but let them reply one to one. We've right. got email integration, which we've got a patent on. We've got lists that you could reorder. So uh, I'll give you a real quick one on lists. Um, so one of the things that happens in group messaging all the time is. I'll send a message to somebody saying, hey, uh, you know, do you think you can get me this information? Uh, You know, please send me this. And three days later, I realized, hey, I never got that. Didn't I ask so-and-so to do this three days ago? And who the heck wants to go back through three days of, you know, hundreds of messages looking for, (laughs) did I ask them for this? I understand that perfectly. I'm always doing it. It's a pain in the butt. That happens to everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry? It's a pain in the butt. And you get so many uh, messages uh, these days that, sheesh. So, so in, in Wrinkle, all you do is when you send that message, hey, Jeff, can you please, you know, send me a, you know, a copy of, the, you know, this or that. Yeah. Um, I mark it as an outstanding. I just tag it. I tap on it. There's an icon that says tag that, that, that says outstanding. Um, I also tags that say star or to do. My tag is an outstanding, and it's done. And Wrinkle has two modes. It's got a channel mode, which everybody's used to if they're familiar with group messages. Yes. It also has an at-a-glance mode. I go to the at-a-glance mode. I go to my lists. I look at my outstanding, just one tap. I look at outstanding. That's my list across all of my channels of anything that I tag I'm waiting for. So now I don't got to go through thousands of messages in all these different channels. I might have 10 things on my outstanding list, and I could even reorder those because those aren't necessarily going to be my priority. Chrono- you know, yeah. the chronology, the chronological order is not necessarily not my priority, priority order. Yeah. So anyway, that's called lists. It's another, it's, it's native. It's, it's, it's just part of what we do. Um, and that's a, so there's many, many differences. We have a fundamental philosophical difference in how we think people should be able to use group messaging. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds great. It's going to make a huge difference to efficiency, isn't it? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, it really is. Um, you know, the, the, the wrong messaging platform actually makes things worse. And, uh, you know, channels in the wrong platform become fire hoses of emojis and lunch plans mixed in with a couple things you'd better not forget to do. Yeah. And, you know, at, at its worst, um, you know, group messaging is a commodity um, and it has social origins. And I think we're past the point where we should be downloading a generic app, messaging app, um, and hoping that a reason for using it will emerge. So a lot of people will just say, oh, you know, Slack is really cool or Stride. There's some, and, and I'm not disparaging those. They, they've done an unbelievable job, and they've, they've, they've really made it great for the rest of us. 
uh, because they're really getting the word out and uh, doing a great job. But, you know, people are downloading it and, and, uh, and hoping the reason for using it will just emerge. And I, I think that people should, before they download a group messaging app, they should really be more thoughtful about you know, what they're trying to achieve and, um, and, 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 then, and, then implement, and then and then once they know what their goals are, what, what the objectives are, and what the guardrail should be of, use, of using it, um, that's when uh, they should, should, you know, they should download the app and, and, and use it. And that's where I think Wrinkle really excels because we really have, uh, you know, we're highly configurable and, uh, and, and you're going to be able to apply us in, in, in the way that you need it to work. Um, we work around you, not the other way around. Right. So what type of solution should businesses look for in group messaging platforms that will drive uh, collaboration amongst employees? What are, the, what are the things that they should be looking for? Okay. Um, you know, I, I would say, um, you, know, you know, group messaging is highly collaborative. Right. We all know that. Yeah. Um, the the problem is the problem is it's not structured for productive collaboration. So it's highly collaborative, but not necessarily productive collaboration. Um, I, I think that you know, like I was just saying, I think that that, that the solutions uh, that businesses should be looking for should match their particular goals. Um, if you're the president of an 800 person dental society, for example, uh, you may be looking for a way to engage your membership w- without encouraging you know, frivolous conversation. You don't want a channel with 800 people where everyone's weighing in, yep. but you might want a channel, you might want a channel where your executive board can post and the 800 people and 760 people um, can read it and may you and you may want to let some of those people reply one-to-one privately. And then, you know, so, you know, that's one example. If you're a healthcare company, um, you might be looking to communicate internally and or externally. Um, and you may want to keep your customer interactions separated or in some cases anonymous, but not integrated. Um, so you, you, want to, you really need to understand what you're trying to do. Uh, if you're a company that matches, um, you know, another example is, you know, if you're a company that matches local service providers to homeowners looking for a plumber or an electrician, you might be looking for something completely different. Um, so the, the, the solution is, you know, is really, you, you start at what you're trying to achieve and, 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 you know, you try to have a tool that's highly configurable and Wrinkle, talk to us and, and we'll help you. Uh, we're happy to sit down, get on a call, um, whatever, however it works best and, and uh, you know, help figure out a great way to achieve the result you're, you're striving for. Okay, so if, if um, someone wants to use Wrinkle, it's not as easy as downloading an app. You need to contact the company, contact Wrinkle. Oh, no, 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 no. You can absolutely download the app. I'm just adding okay. on top of it. Feel free to email us, uh, you know, or, or get in touch with us if you wanted further help. But, no, you can go to, uh, you know, you can Google Play and uh, the App Store. You can download it onto your iPhone or, or Android. Um, and, of course, you can go to www.wrinkle.com, and it's W-R-I-N-K-L.com. And uh, sign up, and uh, it's very, very easy. Download it and try it. Uh, and uh, I, I was just adding, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. We don't make it impossible for you to talk to the company. Yeah. We want to hear from you, and if we can help you, we're happy to. Okay, so they, they effectively people can then customize their own, customize their own application depending on their needs. Absolutely. 
you know, we, we've got, you, you download the application. Uh, you, it's very, very, uh, there's, uh, once you download it, uh, there's a, there's a wrinkle to, uh, wrinkle tour, uh, that will, that we take you through, uh, right away. That gives you kind of an overview of the, uh, of the product. Uh, and when, and, and we also send you wrinkle tips every day, uh, for the first 10 days or so where every day we send you an email, um, that will, uh, let you know, uh, you know, we'll tell you about another feature, um, and capability of, of wrinkle. And that's actually brings up another point. something I didn't mention early, earlier. I don't think, um, we, we actually have email integration with wrinkle as well. So one of the things that we thought is, you know, one of the other ways we thought we could help keep you in a channel so that you can have a complete conversation and not have to jump around app to app. Say you're in a channel of, of 10 marketing folks and, or 10 sales folks and you're getting ready to go to a conference and you're all talking about the conference and you realize, Hey, you know, you just want to make sure the booth is going to show up on time. Right. Uh, so right, pr- right, right from inside the channel, you can send a message that everyone in the channel will see, and you can add an email address or two or three. Um, and, and now your message will not only be posted to the channel, but the message will also be sent to the third party. And it could be, Bob, you know, can you give me some idea of when the booth will be arriving in Chicago? Right. And uh, when, when, when Bob responds um, to that message, the message is, comes back into your channel. And, uh, and, and uh, I could choose as this original sender to share that with the rest of the group. Um, I share that message and everybody sees it, but we didn't have to leave the channel. It's all organized. Um, and we also have precautions of what messages we let back into the network. Cause one of the beautiful things about group messaging is the fact that it is a walled garden that we do, um, you know, that, that you're not going to be spammed, uh, in group messaging. So we have, when, when you send a message to a third party email, external email address, you also set rules around the, how much time will we allow one day, uh, you know, one week, uh, for what period of time will we allow a response from this person? So we protect you that way as well. Okay. So I guess the question, somebody sitting at home saying, sounds pretty good. What's, um, what's the cost of wrinkle? How does it work? So the cost of wrinkle, it's a 30 day free trial. And, uh, after 30 days, it's $6 and 95 cents per month. Wow. Uh, that's it. That's pretty good. That's really good. Okay. Um, let's get back to your unbelievable track record. I'm, I'm, I haven't spoken to anybody. I don't think oh, Jay Samet, I think is the only person that I know that, um, has probably done more than five startups and four, five sellouts. What is it about you personally, forgetting your business acumen, what is it about you personally that um, leads to so much success? Go on, tell me you're six foot three, good looking with blue eyes. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I wish. Um, But uh, maybe I'd be on my seventh company if I was. Um, no, actually, that might be why you might have just hit the nail on the head. If I, I maybe I've got something to prove. Um, so uh, no, I mean, uh, what what is it about me personally that that, that has led to that? I, I mean, I just love it. I mean, I, I can't, I, I just can't describe. There's absolutely nothing in the world I'd rather be doing. Um, it's uh, it's so hard. It's a way to challenge yourself. It's a way to you know, hey, I've got this idea and. I've got to do these, you know, hundreds of things that have to go just right. 
um, you know, and 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 uh, I've got to bring a team of people together. Uh, we've got to believe in each other. Um, you know, there's just nothing like the feeling of of how hard this is, and 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 being in war, at war and with your with with the people that you work with, and 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 the sense of accomplishment. And and now too, I mean, I have investors in the company, and and I dream about the party. You know, we're going to have when when we sell the company, and you know, and and buying them all presents and and thanking them so much for their belief in us. And, and um, you know, it's just so motivating and exciting to challenge yourself um, to, to um, do something that's really hard. Um, and I tell my kids, you know, uh, ah, you know, it, 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 when I talk to my son and daughter, the 17-year-old, uh, 18 now, just turned 18 and my daughter's 16, um, you know, I, I, I talk to them about, you know, being one in a million, and, and it literally means... Um, you know, it doesn't mean you got lucky. It means that 999,999 people had to quit. Um, yep. and, and if you're will, if, and the harder it is, this, I trick myself. You got to be able to, you have to have a healthy disregard for the impossible. Um, and you got to be able to trick yourself in somehow that pain is good. Um, and for me, when things get the roughest, um, I tell myself, you know, a hundred thousand people just got off the bus today. Um, and, and, and I don't want to wait. I don't want to succeed. I don't want this company to take a hundred years to build. So every day that's easy, nobody quit. And, uh, when it's really hard, um, you know, a lot of people quit today. So I'm going to get to be that last man standing much quicker on the hard days than on the easy days. So I, I, I guess, I guess it's an ability to, uh, trick yourself nice. and, and kind of find ways to motivate yourself. Um, my brother just sent me an article about Woolsey and, and uh, this uh, Antarctica trek. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was in the New Yorker magazine um, recently, and uh, it's so motivating. I mean, the people out there and what they're achieving and, and what motivates them, it's not, it's not glory. It's internal. You're proving it to yourself, um, and, and it's just remarkable how great so many people out there are and what they're willing to sacrifice and, and, and for dreams. And so at the end of the day, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I keep doing this? It, it, what, what in the world could ever make me feel this good? And, 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 uh, even if I failed, you know, God forbid, um, I, 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 I would rather fail, um, having tried than, 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 than have, you know, done something where I never pushed myself. I agree that I've got to say out of all the, 400-odd people that I've interviewed for this show, that is about the best summary of what makes people successful I have any, ever heard from anybody. I loved it. You hit the nail right on the head. That was fantastic. Thank Mark, you so much. Thank you. Mark, thank you very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, you can learn more about Mark and about Wrinkle. That's W-R-I-N-K-L. And you can go to wrinkle.com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Network after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Network. And today we're broadcasting from our studio on the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. Looking up the harbour, sitting here looking up the harbour. It's absolutely beautiful, the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And quite a few boats out on the harbour. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Now, in recent years... We've seen an explosion of companies that sell and ship their products directly to your door. I mean, we get more and more and more of them in LA. But this is not due to digital advertising and millennial-style branding. It simply represents a huge shift in the way we buy products. And the big consumer packaged goods, well, they're really in trouble. I mean, everybody's sick of paying the middleman and getting fuck all for it. And uh, everybody is looking for ways to cut out the middleman, save costs, and the internet's made it easier for companies to go directly consumer. There are billions of smartphone owners that have a computer in their pocket and can demand services and goods instantly. So if an industry exists, there's a D2C, which is direct to consumer company, disrupting it. For example, Gillette's share of the U.S. men's razor business fell from 70% to 54% in just six years, thanks to competitors like Dollar Shave Club, who deliver direct to your door. Mattress companies like Casper have doubled their market share in the past year. This is um, mattresses in a box. Fantastic. Bought a couple of them myself. And meal kits are projected to grow tenfold. In the traditional model... Brands design, produce, and market their products. Then they rely on wholesalers and stores like the Walmarts and the Best Buys and the Targets and the Amazons to reach the end consumer. But today, even fledgling brands can oversee the entire sales cycle, the customer experience, and all the way from discovery, development, to delivery. That means they not only own all of the revenue from the products they sell, they actually own the customer. Now, mainly because of the rise in highly targeted advertising via social media, small companies can now easily reach their perfect customer from anywhere. And according to Salesforce's latest digital advertising report, 95% of advertisers use, use demographic data along with location information and people's interests to target prospects. The implications for marketers are enormous. A new breed of e-commerce companies such as Amazon and Uber, they own the whole customer experience from end to end. And once the consumer's downloaded the company's app or logged into their website, the entire digital experience can be highly personalised. And as the company gains more data and learns to serve the customer better, it creates a cycle which makes it harder for any competitor to challenge the role of the incumbent company. Legacy companies, the old traditional companies, particularly in the manufacturing sector, are at a huge disadvantage because they have not had a direct relationship with consumers and in most cases don't have a faintest idea who's using their product. Instead, they're used to investing in advertising and marketing to build their brands and they rely on third-party retailers for sales. So all of these big companies, the Proctors and Gambles and the Unilevers, they're facing the biggest challenge. They've got to build everything from scratch. 
So as companies look at the whole customer service uh, purchase journey, they're increasingly thinking about an end-to-end solution that goes far beyond marketing. It starts with new product development, and then there's a design and user experience, building awareness through advertising, driving a purchase, and finally distributing the product. In the age of direct-to-customer, Brands need to make the customer experience as seamless as possible because consumers are in charge. And if consumers encounter friction, they will shop elsewhere. So direct to consumer more and more and more. The big legacy companies and the distribution companies that they use to distribute, like for example, all the major retail stores are all going out of business. So remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. It's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. And if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never know how amazing it can be and how amazingly successful you can be and how amazing it feels not to be ordinary. I hope you can join me again next Tuesday when I will again be broadcasting from Sydney Harbour in Australia. In the meanwhile, please continue to be successful because the alternative really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.